Good morning and welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Man, I, we're recording two shows today. We're chicken winging it today, baby. And uh, I was expecting you to say, because I, I was mind numb, I was expecting you to say welcome back. I, I almost already did. recorded one show. I could do that. Uh, with part one of the Donovan family. And, That's it. And then the today... First Back to back Sundays, we have part two of the Donovan family. You, you know, man, I, I, if you're one of the Donovans and they're sitting over here watching us, like, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? See, I think you want to go second. I think Ooh, Robert's got oh. some ammo. Now he's got some. Dang. He, has, he has the opportunity hey, right by, now. By the way, Patrick. By the way, if you if you didn't catch our show last week, how can they find it? Uh, they can go to LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all the social media sites. So I, I, if you're hearing this live, I would cut, to change the radio station, pull it back, get, go look, yep, upload the other show, and then by the time that show's over, this will be on podcast. You can upload this show to hear them back to back because you gotta hear all these elbows. Uh, Robert's gonna <laughs> drop on Jennifer. Oh, <laughs> the dragon lady. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping bows. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're, co- we're we're recording two shows uh, yep. this week because I'm out of town next week. Spring break. Yeah, me too. And I think it's really cool. Your your spring breaks next week too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually it doesn't line up with. Uh, so yeah. Charlotte Mecklenburg and Gaston Christian. Yeah, which that's weird. That's good that they're doing it at the same time. I wish all of them, but that but wish like, just come uh, together. Uh, some private schools in Charlotte. Uh, they months ago, went a month and a half yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. No, you're it's crazy. right. So where are we going? We're going to Tortola. That's right. Yeah. So I think I said last week maybe we we our kids are getting older. Yep. And we said we take them snow skiing, and they said we want to go to that Tortola place y'all y'all talk about. You can one time. time. No, that's cool. So I, it's actually probably more economical for us than snow skiing. Yeah, well, snow I, skiing is very expensive. I'm going snow skiing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you have one child. I have one. It and, makes it tremendously uh, we're taking easier. Four Knox talked about Knox had his birthday uh, yeah. uh, party this past weekend. He he doesn't get to go on these trips yet. Okay, but Ford, fair, Ford's fair. making the cut at age eight. I hear you. They he's probably got there. they probably got a snake or two. He can wrangle in Tortola. Say when he sit, uh, he's a lap baby. <laughs> I think he goes. He's a smaller guy. He's like 40th percentile. He'd go for under three. He's just really big three for his under. age. Yeah, I mean now. Come on, boy. You, you could probably. They probably wouldn't even question you. I'm nowadays. gonna put a pacifier in his mouth. <laughs> see, see if I can get away with it. Throw a melatonin at him. He should be good to go. <laughs> like a little bonnet. <laughs> he would love that. Yeah. <laughs> like start crying. <laughs> you're still. Uh, you're still in shock from the time he was in the studio. Hooted on you. Oh uh, yeah. Well, we, that's something that we have with each other now. We know. I know what kind of brand he's got, and yeah, uh, <laughs> that was a unique show. Um, when you see a little kid laughing on the ground, is, all it, sudden, like, it's is bad. it Reese's or Skittle? He's shooting it, out. It, <laughs> it may be a combo, <laughs> or, or I think I saw a Matchbox car going by as well. So uh, one or two of those got left in the, in the studio. But anyway. Uh, we had a, Reagan handles all of this department, but we got our passports right uh, good. for Tortola. It's a British Virgin Island. And then Rowan did back-to-backs because she just got back through school yes. on an exchange program to, to Germany. Um, and I don't know if I said this before, but the, the dad of the family she stayed with was a, is a German rapper. What? <laughs> of all people for my daughter to get hooked up with, she got hooked up with the rapper. Like, well, no, that we, is this Trent's daughter? 
I, I would. I, I, we need that. That'd be cool to hear about that. You know, my wife is, her family is of German descent, and so really? somewhere Scarlett really wants to go. We don't think she's quite ready. She's been begging us to take her to Germany. Well, Rowan enjoyed it. Um, I think I said last week the people. She didn't think the people were as warm. She said they live in houses, but they're flats. Like the house is divided up in the floors. A little different than than the southeast uh, U.S. So the bottom floor. The, the fella's mother lived on. She owned the bottom floor. That was a flat. That's okay. actually where Rowan slept. Him and his spouse, or they aren't. They were not married, and their two children live in the middle floor in the flat. Okay. And on the top floor of the house is uh, his mother, his father, who is divorced from his mother. So he lives on the third floor. The mother lives on the first floor. No, that's just stay right in the middle of everything. Isn't that huh? cool? Yeah, that is interesting. So, uh, I don't know. Well, let me back different up. Different culture. I don't know if that'd be cool. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, well, it's, it's well, definitely the question what they is, do. Would you want to live on the top floor or the bottom floor? I, I don't. I, I think you're kind of getting, yeah, It's there's pros and cons to both. But anyway, I think it's so cool that at 13 she got to go experience yeah, this. I agree. And, and and see the different, I mean, everybody is just so different in life. That's what makes the world go around, and, and you learn so much. So, uh, Well, you're so different in that regard, but the, you kind of cut it back to the core. There's so many similarities. They had, she had a blast. She said, I mean, you know, I was like, you glad to be home back to your shower, your bathroom? She's like, well, I had a good shower there. I was like, oh. Like you, you like you glad to be home back to your bed. She's like, well, I slept fine. I'm like, okay. I thought I, I thought you were living in the lap of luxury over here in West Charlotte, but uh, I don't know. But <laughs> well, Germany's not a third world country. I mean, I think it's a pretty. I didn't nice think place. it was third world. I don't necessarily like sleeping in your bed, Patrick. God, it's not as comfortable as Reagan's feather mattress. Wait, when do you sleep in my bed? Oh, Ooh. Ooh, it, uh, just goodness gracious alive. Oh, wow. I know what you're talking about. There's no place like home. Yeah, but that's what you're trying no to say. No place like home. I got just it. I'm just having some fun. And Roland's happy to be home, so she's been home now. She came home Sunday night. We're recording this on Tuesday, so the jet lag is about to really drill her today. <laughs> and she's got a soccer game. Oh, yeah, okay. So she's missed soccer for two weeks, so she's excited. She to said her back. coach told her to eat a real good breakfast because her jet lag was going to hit her hard this evening. Maybe they give her a little nap before the game. We'll see what happens. Ford got a baseball game tonight. Mm. We we in the game. That's it, boy. Kids all over the place playing sports. That's all good. Right, though. Are you ready for Robert Donovan? Oh yeah, I'm am so excited to have Robert Donovan second to Jennifer Donovan on the show. See how he comes back. Learn about this young man. And his business, Dom360, and the other businesses that he's exploring at this time. You're listening to At Home with Roby when we return. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McKaysey from Roby Commercial Services. I'm a Trent Hayes from the Roby family of companies, and we playing the snare drum. You were today. you playing the snare? I, I was. A, you know what instrument I played in the fifth and sixth and seventh grade? Let me guess. The snare drum. You played the snare drum. Well, I threw some bass and some tom toms in there, some cymbals. I, you know, I when you get into sixth grade where I grew up, they would tell you. You know, you could go try out for band or orchestra. And I, I mean, I was playing so many sports. And I went, I wanted to play the snare drum. I think I must have been so bad. And my parents saw it and they're like, Argh. they didn't let me do it. I never well, got to play the snare drum. Well, you know, my girls play the violin. I do know that. Uh, they're pretty good. Tatum's continued it. The other two 
haven't done it for a little while. They're still really good, but it's fun to see them. You know, you learn these languages uh, when you're young, and I think that music is a language. Not, not I think, it is a language. Well, well, Trent, here's a perfect segue. We had uh, Jennifer Donovan, who is a, plays what? The flout. He's a, <laughs> she plays the flute. I mean the flute. She's she a, plays the flute. She's a flautist. Flautist. And so we had her on last week, right? And now we have Robert Donovan, who just got to listen to the whole show in here. And now we get to hear his hey, take Robert. on How things. Hey, Robert. How you doing, Robert? Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks Do for you coming. play any instruments? I I was in the choir. Really? You I was, sing? I was a tenor. I wow. Was, yeah. Do you sing anymore? I do. I do. Really? I mean, not professionally, but around the house. Or... But you sang professionally. I was in the select choir. So there was one tenor, huh. one bass, one alto, one soprano, and we went and sang together. Was wow. this... How old were you? I I sang through my high school years. So yeah. really, did yeah. you sing? Did you sing when you were in the military? Of course. I mean, you can't you can't run and you know you got to sing and run <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> I thought that was a chant or a march or a yeah. Well, you sing cadence. Cadence. You sing cadence. There you go. That's right. Well, you know that's something that I always tell people. I cannot sing, and it, that's one of those things that when I see somebody, that it's just like it fascinates me because it's I can't. No matter how hard I try or what I ever did, I just can't do it. And then watch people that can. It's it's, it's fascinating to me. Well, I don't say I have perfect pitch, but uh, I do try. But you understand notes, right? I never got. I can that. I can read sheet music. Yeah, so probably need can, a little refresher, but and you can tell when somebody's on tune and off tune and that stuff. Well, sure. But you can too. You just have to train your ear. I can't. Yeah, that's I'm a snare a drumist. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a beatboxer. You're gonna lead us in the battle, right? Put it this way. Put it this way. When I was in the seventh grade, I was in chorus. Had a chorus class, and my chorus teacher asked me. She said, "Please don't sing. Just lip sing when we're practicing." And she said, I'll let you go to competition, and you can wear the cummerbund and the bow tie, and you can be my page turner and sit on the sit on the piano chair with me. And that's what I did. Interesting. So it worked good. I got an A. Well, there you go. I'm a good page turner. And then later, a couple years later, my my godfather got married, and he didn't know that story. He made he asked me to be his page turner so I could be in his wedding. He had I mean, ulterior. there's just something about you. He had ulterior. I think he had ulterior motives for joining the chorus, right? No, I want to talk to Cassini. It was I thought it was a. I mean, it was a good place to be. I was. Yeah, I mean, there say, was a lot of hot chicks. That's in, what. In that's choir. what his. That's what. You, yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. I think that might have been your vote. Maybe yeah. you were chasing something. Maybe. So Robert, where'd you grow up? I grew up in upstate New York, about 150 miles north of the city. Yeah, right there in the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains. And what brought you out of New York? I joined the Marines when I was 18. Joined the Marines straight out of high school. Pretty much. Did you want to? Did you have a dream of being a Marine? I had a dream of being a pro motocross rider, and so um, at a very early age, I, my father was kind of a tough as nails outdoor outdoorsman, and so I, I ran a trap line when I was, you know, eight, nine, ten, and then you know got a, a paper route, and I would buy my own dirt bikes. Um, really? So I bought my own brand, brand new dirt bikes every year, and. Um, would pay for my dad to go to the race, take me to the races. I'd fill up his truck. Like, we were pretty poor, but uh, I, I kind of paid my, paid my way through all that stuff and um, had that dream until I broke my femur, and that dream kind of faded away. But 
at that time, my grades really weren't there. So it was time for me to kind of make a, a correction, and then the Marines were the correction. So when did you start uh, dirt biking, motocrossing competitively? Yeah, that was probably, uh, gosh, 86, 87. Um, okay. Yeah. And, you know, it was just the the local kind of dirt track. They put a supercross track on the middle of the of the of the track and and i just started there i i actually cleaned the bathrooms and picked up after the stock car races to pay my entry fees really yeah that's cool because i I visited your office several weeks back and you got a lot of stuff you're about to go after the show and check my office out but you have a (laughs) you have a sweet motocross bike in there i think that was a gift from jennifer is that right yeah she got like so after i got done uh racing bicycles professionally i got back into <laughs> motocross like 25 years later and oh, wow. that, that was my bike it was an 89 kx250 and uh i raced the entire enduro series and it was a lot of fun had some buddies and and did that and then uh so basically restored it destroyed it and then jennifer got it restored restored it looks really good yeah oh, that's it's, so it's cool. mint it's awesome do you drive you so now it's just a trophy yes yes i have a storage facility in temecula california uh, loaded with vintage dirt bikes, and I go out there and do all the vintage races, and then um, I got modern some modern dirt bikes here and whatever. Wow. So too many dirt bikes. Well, so you, you kind of you skipped over something. I know we'll probably get to it. So you you race b- regular bikes as well. You said yeah. So I got out of the Marines after eight years, and uh, and pretty much couldn't run marathons anymore because my knees were yeah. a little you know. So I got on the bicycle, and it turns out that runners are good cyclist so i i kind of cruised through the categories and uh started racing at the top level in the united states and uh and did that while you know why i kind of built my businesses and stuff so so you lived in california when you after the marines no after the marines i actually got out in quantico and uh i started working i actually you know i i did two years worth of uh of I got my associate's degree in the Marines, and then I finished at George Mason University. So yeah. I got a job at Ronald Reagan's old ad agency um, that helped me get through college and finish college. And then uh, then I moved to Miami and worked for a big shop, um, same shop that Jennifer worked at. Okay, you yeah. were, you were the guy coming in at midnight, three in the morning. Yeah. To get, get I know. I don't done. understand her experience because I worked my <laughs> my tail off at that shop, man. I mean. <laughs> I would get in at seven, and sometimes I wouldn't get home until midnight or sleep on the sofa, and like she didn't have any of that experience. So I mean, I was I was definitely pulling those hours, you know that, you know that ten thousand hours Malcolm Gladwell thing, you know that that was me. So, I hear you. Yeah. So was your experience in the Marines good? I had a great time. I mean, I I think uh, I I wouldn't have gotten out if uh, you know I I really wanted to be an officer and applied three times and. You know, the third time I asked the selection board what was wrong with me, and, you know, they said, you're a white male, and, you know, Clinton was downsizing the military wow. at that time, and, you know, had I been a minority, I probably would have stayed in for life. Wow. Man, yeah. well, thank you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. My late father was a proud Marine, and, and uh, Barry Small, who we had on a couple weeks ago, yeah. was talking about the Marines, so... Uh, I guess it goes hoorah. I'm not a Marine, hoorah. so I don't know if I hoorah. can say that. That's right. You can uh, say it. Well, I, I find a lot of pride with, with 
anybody that's served our country, but uh, but the Marines as well. So you got out. You were living in South Florida, working late midnight uh, shift, <laughs> and you were cycling. Yeah, I would cycle to work, and then like uh, it was a fifteen mile ride home. I'd actually go the go the wrong way home and make it a sixty mile ride, and <laughs> and do that on my way home. And that's yeah. funny. I mean, it's like I I am not at it all to the the level you are, but I'm also a runner, and I do the exact same thing. If I want to run far, I run as far away from my house as I can. You got to come back, right? And I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty prideful. I'm not calling an Uber. Uh, I mean, I've got to be like dying on the side of the road for that to happen, but that's how I was able to increase my distance and just keep going further that's, and further. That's it. Uh, but you could walk, right? You could walk, yeah. But but you know, if, if you run three miles out and three miles and you're back at the house, you're not really wanting to add any more miles. You see, what, yeah. if you run four miles out, you have to run the four so to get you, back. So you were a marathon or two? I, I did marathons, yeah. I, I mean, it was <laughs> how, how? whatever the hardest thing was. I just, uh, I mean, it's that's cool. I guess somebody needs to tell me how to live life, you know, kind of a little bit easier. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I somehow choose the hardest road every time. Well, will you stick around with us for a few minutes? Absolutely. I'm so intrigued by yeah. your extreme sports in your career, <laughs> starting out starting out as a young teenager up in upstate New York yeah. in the motocross track. That is cool. Yeah. What do you think about that? The things you learn interviewing folks on this show. That's right. Well, I appreciate you having me. Well, yeah, Robert Donovan, you're listening to At Home with Roby. Patrick, are we coming back? Yes. Over the top. There it is. Here we go. All right. At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Round two of the Donovans. We're halfway through with Robert. Uh, if you missed last week, go back. Check out the podcasts. Uh, so entertaining. LinkedIn, so Facebook, fun. all the things. I always all brag about how much it's like speed dating on yeah, steroids. No, it really how is. much you get to learn about somebody by doing this. You know, we could hang out for years and years, but you do this, it's like, boom. I mean... Last week was so fun with Jennifer, and then I just learned so much about Robert. Yeah, Crazy. you didn't know? Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and we were just talk, chewing the cud, uh, not even talking <laughs> about the details uh, of business. And the way I know, I want to say this, I didn't, don't think I really said this last week, is Robert is a fellow YPO Southern 7, a young president's organization. Yeah. And, and – that is exactly how I met him and both him and Jennifer, and we get to hang out and spend time together. So it's a lot of fun, learn together, yeah. laugh together, cut up together. So uh, yeah, so you're working at this shop in South Florida, <laughs> riding your right. bicycle like a madman, right? And give us take us on to where you how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So there's, uh, well, there's two areas of the country that cyclists kind of uh, congregate in. One of them is Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And then on the East Coast, Greenville, South Carolina is kind of like, you know, this Mecca training, training huh. ground. So I kind of knew about Greenville. And, um, you know, at the in 2007, the advertising business was changing. So we we're at that time, it was still heavy print, radio, TV, direct mail. But, like, digital was really coming of age. And... I gave the CEO of the company I was working for a complete plan on how we were going to transform the business and do this and that. And he kind of shrugged me off and said, yeah, I'm buying a digital agency. But that agency was focused on hospitality, not automotive. So they knew how to put people in hotel rooms and cruise ships. And so I, I said at that point, I'm like, I didn't have a good feeling in my gut. And I'm like, I'm out of here. So 
uh, I just I packed up and and moved to South Carolina and yeah, just started. I didn't know what I how I was going to do it. And and then the recession hit like oh no, <laughs> like six months later, which was great, you know, because my original vision was to put it all together: the print, radio, TV, direct mail, and the digital. But the recession had me focus on the digital. Yeah. So we are a digital first agency, which is great. And then. Like five years into the business, I added back the traditional for those. And that's not for everybody. That's only for clients with the budget and who really need it. But uh, it really did help us propel and focus our business with the recession. That's why I'm excited about our looming recession because, again, I somehow I do things when they're hard. <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you know, whoa, what did you just say? No, I mean, ahead. no, I'm serious. Like when, when things are hard, it, it kind of weeds out all the, yeah. you know, the fodder, the chafe, you know. So like uh, for me, like I'm going to crack the code, you know. So like I can't wait for the recession. You know, I, I mean, if it's six months, like bring it on right now. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know. But you can't, we might have to kick you out of the, <laughs> out of the studio. Yeah. You're, you're excited just about a looming recession. <laughs> I don't know. You're talking about you in the in the digital marketplace and the creative well, I'm just place. saying it's, you know, when things are harder than, you know, uh, then I think the the cream rises to the we, top. We, yeah. Patrick and I talk about that often. Yeah. You get back to your primitive roots and, you, I mean, you got to survive. Yeah, right? that's so right. The, so at that point, it's the survival of the fittest and the most disciplined and the leanest. So, exactly. Uh, so I get it. So traditional media costs a lot more. Digital media, you create stuff. And it's lower overhead, lower economy. I mean, better economies of scale. So coming in oh seven, oh eight, oh nine into this recession, you're like, let's be creative. Mm-hmm. Let's, That's right. Let's go do things different. Well, there's there's two types of agencies out there. There's there's uh, creative agencies, and then there's performance agencies. Yeah. And we were actually, and then there's agencies that that can do both, and and we do both. So we wow. have an entire creative team, and we have a performance team. So, you know, like our campaigns typically start with uh, a creative brief, like yeah. the, like the olden days, and that that brief can be, you know, eight pages long, chucker block full of content, and we still do the brainstorm and we produce the creative, and I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. So, needless to say, you made it through the recession of 08, 09. That's right. Because you're sitting here <laughs> jumping up and down about a new recession. Now, was the business Dom 360? Yes. Yes, that was, that was the, the original the started. original, the original business. You started that in 07. Oh, 07. Yeah. 07. Yes. Cool. And that's the business Jennifer runs today. Yes. That's, <laughs> actually, that's, that's, that's what got me into YPO because I, I ran out of people to ask questions to. I, I didn't even know YPO existed. I just needed, I, I needed somebody to help me like, with, like, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yep. <laughs> I'd never been to business school. I'm kind of, you know. Yeah, you're boot, bootstrap guy. Bootstrap Let's guy. Let's talk about Super it. Super bootstrap guy. I mean, you, you, you're wanting to be a motocross guy. I mean, <laughs> all, all your whole story is really cool. So what, so what does Dom360 look like today? I mean, is it is it still because I mean, it sounds like you've morphed and evolved and done some other things outside of the advertising space as well. Yeah, it's it continues to grow and and it's exciting. But I think what what you'll see with that is we're growing into more of you know like a tier two, tier one agency. So whereas you know the local tier three stuff is still you know we can still do that. I think what's happening is is we're getting these bigger opportunities where. 
uh, regional players are asking for us or, or a national brand. Um, so we have a wow. really huge opportunity right now. I wish I could talk about it, but uh, it's, a, it's a tier one opportunity, and right now it's ours to lose, and I can't wait to announce it. So explain this for the audience. Jennifer talked a little bit about it last week, tier two, tier three, and now you say you're growing into tier one. What, what is define the tier? Sure. So uh, tier three would be your local kind of area. So where you live, pretty much like a five mile, 10 mile radius around you. Okay. Uh, and then your regional would be like your your Charlotte Honda dealers, right? Or yep. something like that. And then national would be the entire country, right? And that's tier one. That's tier one. Got it. I hear you. So yes. that would be like Honda for the whole country, correct? Right? That's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Huh. Wow. Well. That's exciting. Yeah. So, do you think you can really stomp on the gas if we have a recession? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, you, you know what I, I love about digital marketing? It, it, it's so it's so calculated. And I think that's why people, Trent's point earlier, the cost might not be much of a difference, but you can know exactly who's touched it, who's, who's converted it, how much that conversion costs, what your average ticket is. I mean, it's just math at the end of the day. Yeah, it's just arithmetic. That's right. Yeah, and so I mean, that's that was always very intrigued when we first started, you know, putting ourselves out there from an advertising standpoint. You know, the branding is is important, right? And you got to be seen, but you can't quantify it. Right. And it was so hard for me to wrap my head around it. And then digital starts coming out, and it's like, okay, so you can tell me in this zip code who's who has engaged and what my conversion rate is based on that engagement. And that started to make a lot more sense to me. And I'll give you a nugget in the in the listeners as well. And it doesn't matter if it's digital or traditional. Yeah. So I, we call it the lucky seven. Right? Yeah, I think I've heard this yeah, before. So but yeah. you, should, you should be able to reach 70% of your target audience seven times. So tell them seven times, tell them seven times, right? You, you, you say the message over and over yeah. seven times, and you reach 70% of your marketplace and that should that should do the that should do the trick. So so if you repeat it seven times in the digital marketplace, you'll re- reach seventy percent of the people. Well, listen, it has to be a combo. Like you don't, it can't just be a static display ad. Maybe it's a carousel ad on Facebook. Maybe it's a bumper ad on YouTube or our Ma- trucks. I mean, or you know what? Like in our world, the trucks it could be like in and (laughs) like uh the mailbox i mean what what are you competing for in the mailbox possibly a bill that you didn't go paperless on and a value pack i mean so you have a lot less competition than those first five results on google last time i checked people still check their mail they do i don't know that's right but I think that's cool. Uh, so ha- do you have other brands? Uh, Jennifer was talking about you like gadgets and tools and this and that, or is that tools you use for Yeah, Dom so, so we, we created, so I have a, we're launching this summer a product called Dealerverse, uh, and it's for uh, anybody that wants to do their, their, their marketing. It could be for another agency. It could be for an internal marketing department, and the whole premise behind Dealerverse is I want to create a product that will put my digital marketing agency out of business. And I say that facetiously, but really I want to give the end user everything that we've been doing for the last 16 years in one platform. And of course, we have all of this data, right? So when you look at artificial intelligence, right? There's all of these, you know, there's two types of companies out there. There's companies that use industrial AI, and then there's companies that use proprietary AI. All these startups, they have no data. 
they use other people data right so what happens is is they are doing they're not doing something that's special they're doing something that anybody else could do but when you have hundreds of millions of lines of data in your database we're not pinging OpenAI's open AI's database. We're pinging our own databases, right. and we're coming up with our own arithmetic and and writing our own prompts in its real setting. That's right. Yeah, we take the A work, the, the AI framework, and we plug in. That's all, everything. What do you think about that? AI? Yeah, unbelievable, man. So, so that is why when we were at lunch a couple weeks ago. Jennifer said you were trying to put her out of business. Now I understand because you're trying to replace a digital agency. But you're the module, you're the company in the But mo- it's it's really just about like having the tools for a digital agency to increase their margin. So I don't plan on reducing the headcount at or Jennifer doesn't plan on reduce, reducing the headcount. We plan on being able to create greater margin more through more more clients. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I think he's excited, Patrick. I think he might stick around for the last segment. I think so, it's only so fair. Jennifer did last <laughs> yeah. week. We'll do it again this week. Hey, we'll be right back. You're listening to At Home with Ruby. Welcome back to At Home with Ruby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Ruby Commercial Services. I'm with Trent Haston from the Ruby Family of Companies. We are still your host? The host. The host? Though, though I think Jennifer and Robert could... Well, you, try, you, you tried to kick me down the curb like, a few weeks ago. Just making sure we're still. Reagan was all bragging about your thick skin. <laughs> I'm over here crying I, after. I've been really the show. nice to you today. If you thank, can't tell, thank you. I don't know. Got <laughs> two <you>. shows <laughs> out of this nice day. We did. We did. And, it, and, it, and it the weather's nice. nice. It's we're getting warm. 81 Goodness degrees. Gracious. Shameless plug for Roby Heating and Cooling. Oh wow! Let's go. Got to get that thing tuning, or it will not be working when it's cool. Where at your house? Tune in or zoom What's that? Tune in or zoom in. There you go. Either way, well, we need a boat. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, we're back with Robert. Robert's who's, over who's here making up jingles. I like that. You got. We're gonna create a jingle for y'all. So I think maybe so. We'll throw you some catchphrases that we use a lot on okay. marketing. You know, we could. Yeah, we could we'll have, have, have a little brainstorm. That. See what we come up with. Yeah, that yeah. would be fun. I mean, just watching the two of you, uh, Jennifer is still in the in, in the studio. We had her on last week. Watching the two of you all just banter back and forth there with different tunes. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so creative. Yeah, it's something that I don't. My brain doesn't work that way. I'm like, what is she saying? What is he saying? I tell everybody, I'm so a, I'm a two by four and cinder block guy. <laughs> like I'm, I I mean, I might cut up and be fun, but my mind Mind is square. <laughs> so, Economics, but guy. you're you're the visionary. I am definitely the visionary. He's all good. right. So He's you're 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 the aloof kind of. You can think creatively. Yeah, with vision. Yeah. Okay. But so, I don't. So don't don't beat yourself up. He's being. Modest. I can't see. Yeah, I think he is too. <laughs> I rode a dirt bike when I was young. I had a really bad wreck. <laughs> you ride dirt bikes again. My dirt bikes got stolen after I had a bad wreck. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they really got I stolen. I bought them from your daddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, he got that real quick. You know, I wanted to find the thief, you know, when I was in high school. And then uh, then when I got out of college and was full-time in the business, I went back. I figured it out, you know. I was like, Hold on. So I started sizing up all our old carpenters and stuff. I'm like, you got my dirt bikes? They're like, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. <laughs> that dog went to the farm, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever say anything. Uh, but it's it's hard now because Reagan said that I could never get the kids' dirt bikes. Oh, no. Even so, with the electric ones? Like yeah, the Stasics, had, the little Stasics little, and stuff? They've had a little electric one before. Yeah, I think okay. the electric ones are pretty I pretty think good. they're a little safer, yeah. right? Yeah. 
It's amazing these electric vehicles, and I mean any Absolutely. anything lawnmowers, blowers. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I was kind of against that because I grew up with. You know, a gas blower, you had to get the mix right or you'd flood it out, right? <laughs> right. You had to get the oil that. right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Like, it'll never work. And the, we love our electric blower. Mixing uh, gas and kicking. Well, we K- kicking kick that butt. Yeah. That but the, I saw a guy yesterday, he has a Ford Lightning. Yeah. That's a new electric truck. He right. said it goes 0 to 60 in 4.2 seconds. They're good. I mean, they had a little recall, but they're good. Yep. A little recall. Little recall. I mean, I think uh, the car industry is at that inflection point. Yep. Uh, if you look back at 1910, I mean, we went from horse and buggy to everybody having a car. There's that famous picture of like Fifth Avenue in New York City. I mean, within five years, it was like, bam, no more horse and buggy, and everybody had a you know gasoline powered car. And I think we're at that inflection point now. With electric. With yeah. Well, yeah, with that, with the whole advertising model, dealers, I mean, and really the holy grail is, is hydrogen. And, and if, you know, I think the bridge is, is hybrid. And I think hybrid is, is still, you know, the way to go when you pound for pound, when you look at, you know, the cost of batteries and, and I'm not just building the battery, but then how to, how to take care of the battery when it's, when it's done and all that. So I definitely think hybrid's still the way to go, but yeah, it's it's exciting times for the car industry. So, how much of your business at Dom Three Sixty is for the car industry? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, it's 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 pretty skewed. I mean, it's probably ninety percent plus um, of of the car business. So, uh, which is exciting um, to be on that kind of paradigm shift if you will yeah um so yeah we'll see where it goes well you well you exude excitement uh <laughs> i see why now i mean you you, t- you said you, you get back to your primitive strong roots uh and, and hustle and get creative uh, you got a paradigm shift going on that you said hadn't happened in 110 or 15 years for this whole industry relative to relative to the the mechanical side of it and also relative to the advertising and the way it's put out into the marketplace. Yeah, and I mean just all the goodies in that in the IRA and the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, if you know, especially for the YPOers listening and stuff, I mean this is just like a treasure trove, you know. I mean, there's so many businesses that can be plucked out of that from, you know, clean energy, you know, automotive like there's just so many great things that you could you could do with that. Go look it up, IRA Inflation and Reduction Act. Pick it up. Check it out after you get off the show. Hey, tell us how people can look you up, Robert. Well, uh, my main initiative right now is Dealerverse.com. So Dealerverse.com is for for me. Uh, Jennifer, you can reach her at Dom360.com. We're both on LinkedIn. And, uh, of course, our our, our cell phones and all that stuff are in the YPO app. Great. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. We hope you learned a lot today. We hope you had fun and laughed more. Uh, Go do the golden rule today. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Carry a smile around on your face. Have a great day.